Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burugun campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. to be here with you this morning as we continue our series on the seven feasts that God gave to his people. And kids, we've actually got some activity sheets for you. I hope you remember to bring your pencils because it's COVID, we're not sharing them, but come on down, grab an activity sheet. They're on the the end corners of the stage. They're for kids of all ages. There's some colouring in that you can do, but there's also some some big words that over here, Jacob, right down there. Um, There's some big words that I'm going to use this morning. So if you want to take notes, um, that's a great opportunity on those sheets for you to be able to write down what you understand those big words to mean and ask some adults around you if if you've got questions as well. We are so thankful to have the kids in here with us during school holidays. Uh, The toddler lounge is also open on a self-serve basis um, if you'd like to go and use that area as well. But great to have you with us. The kids have been learning about the first fruits um, in MPK for our runners and sprinters, a primary school age group. And we've looked at the Passover. We've looked at unleavened bread. And you guys, I believe, have been doing that too. Um, and today we're going to look at the third feast, the feast of first fruits. Now, you might think that this feast of first fruits might be about figs and apples and grapes and strawberries whatever you think is voted to be the best or the first. But it's actually more to do with the grains that the Israelites were growing um, in their fields. So they grew wheat and barley, planted in the autumn, which grew during the winter months and ripened in the spring. The barley grain actually matures faster than the wheat, so it was ready to be harvested and collected sooner. The barley was the first fruit from the fields of the paddock, the fruits of the grass, if you like. Barley has the extra feathery bits on it um, and it's cooked differently to wheat. Now, when I was a kid, I actually grew up on a farm, a few farms to be um, precise, that um, we, we grew as a family, we grew barley, we grew wheat, canola, and on some farms we actually grew tomatoes and carrots as well. My first ever job was working on the farm in the shearing shed during the school holidays. My niece has just started her third job. Um, She started off doing the paper round like my brother and then she's been doing babysitting for the last few years as well for friends and family, which is a bit more like me. Um, But now she started working in the local fruit and veggie shop. She's 14. I wonder how many jobs she's going to going to have in her lifetime. I wonder how many careers she's going to have, what it's going to look like for her. I wonder what your first job was. You've got 10 seconds to tell the person next to you if you've had a first job, what it was. But even if you haven't had one yet, what do you think it might be? What would your first job be? You've got 10 seconds. 10. Five seconds. All right, you can finish those conversations a little bit later on. When I got my first full-time job, it was in a childcare centre. And a friend of mine suggested to me to spend my whole first paycheck on myself because I would never get an opportunity like this again. Um, I could spoil myself. I wonder what you did with your first paycheck. 
I wonder what your first priority was. Was it to treat yourself? Was it to buy a gift for somebody else? When you get your regular paychecks, do you write a list of all the different expenses, things that you need to spend your money on? And I wonder what's first. The Feast of First Fruits is a complete opposite to my friend's suggestion to spend my first pay totally on myself. It's about giving the first of the barley harvest to God, not using it selfishly, not even eating any of it before giving an offering to God. God gave the Israelites this Feast of First Fruits in connection to the Passover. Um, so if we go to the next slide, you can see that there was the Passover and kids from MPK, what did we eat with the flatbread and the bitter herbs? Who can remember? What did we eat? Yes, we did. You didn't get to eat any, but these guys did. So we ate lamb. We ate some roast lamb with the first Passover. Now, the lamb reminded us that it protects people, delivers them. And then last week, we had a look at something else. Who remembers what we were looking at last week? Any adults? Do you remember what you were learning about last week? That's right, it was the unleavened bread. And that the leaven in the bread or the yeast represented the sin of the people. And it was swept out of the house, removed from their cooking, and reminds us all that we need to be holy and set apart without sin. The Feast of First Fruits occurs the day after the Sabbath, that is the Sunday, the first day of the week. This is when the, the barley harvest began. They wouldn't eat the grain until they had given their offering to God, the giving of the first fruits, the first of their harvest, acknowledging their total dependence on God. They would actually sing and dance as music played at sunset to celebrate the goodness of God, cut the stalks and the grain by hand and bundled them up into sheaves. Taking the first portions to the temple represented the whole harvest. The first fruit offering represented the whole grain crop. Perhaps a little bit like when a student from school goes to the inter-school carnival. They represent their school on behalf of the other students at the school. You don't all go to run and compete. It's only the first and the best. But those athletes wear your school colours and they go to compete for your school. They represent you. So the first sheaves of barley represented the first and the best of the whole grain crop taken to the temple as a gift to God to represent um, all of that. So it's from the people representing that grain crop. The instructions were actually given in Leviticus. So let's take a look. Um, the Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when you enter the land... I am going to give you, you reap its harvest. Bring to the priest a sheaf of the first grain you harvest. He is to wave the sheaf before the Lord so it will be accepted on your behalf and the priests are to wave it on the day after the Sabbath. So there's a word that sometimes people use for this offering that's given. It's consecration or to consecrate. Declared sacred and special to God. That's one of the words for the kids on their sheets. Um, it's declared sacred and special. It's a conscious and willing decision to dedicate to God with intelligence and affection. 
not done willy-nilly, but thoughtfully and with respect. Kind of like um, if you've ever been on a crowded train, maybe in peak hour or after the footy, and you might be standing and you have your back to an empty seat because someone else got up and, and left and you were still engaged in conversation with the people around you and you didn't notice that the seat was empty. Somebody else has come in and they have sat in that seat. You've unconsciously left it open for others to sit there. It just happened without much thought. But a conscious decision is when you're sitting in a seat on the busy train and you see somebody coming in and you choose with love and care and thoughtfulness to deliberately stand up and give them your seat. You're being intentional. You decide this is what you want to do. So that's a little bit like this first fruit offering. It's a gift to God. It's consecrated, deliberately chosen to be set apart and not to be used by others, but just for God. You may have heard the words, consecrate yourselves to God. Joshua, just before they crossed the Jordan River, said to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. And God gave the laws to the Israelites. And in Leviticus chapter 20, we read, Consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am holy. I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and follow them. I am the Lord who makes you holy or sanctifies you and sets you apart as righteous, right with God. Consecrate means to present yourself to God, following his instructions of washing, cleaning and offering, presenting all of those things to him, separating from what was unclean and allowing the act of God to remove sin and set the people apart as holy, ready to approach the holy, perfect God, ready for his purposes. Consecration is not achieved by human effort, only by the gracious work of God. So the act of consecrating the sheaves of barley reminded the Israelite people that God had given them the land. The entire harvest was rightfully belonging to God and the people, they were the stewards or the caretakers of the land. In fact, during the harvest, for the next 50 days, the sheaves or bundles of grain, which were called an omer, now that might be my Australian slang on it, but they were waved before God at the altar in the temple. Each day was counted. So there was the first day of omer, and then there was the second day of omer. What do you think came next? The third day of Omer and the fourth and so on for 50 days until Pentecost, which Graham will teach us more about next week. The grain of the first fruits was given to God and reminded the people that the seed they planted in the ground died and was now risen to new life. It was only possible with God's provision and amazing work. Like all of the feasts and festivals that the Israelites celebrated, the Feast of First Fruits points to Jesus. Jesus was God's first, his first and only son, who represents each one of us when he died on the cross. I wonder if anybody knows when Jesus was resurrected. What day was it? Some of you are saying, yes, yes, it was Sunday. It was. Jesus was resurrected on the Sunday, the first day of the week 
at the start of the Feast of First Fruits. We read in Matthew 28 that after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and they ran to tell his disciples. Then suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him and clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. It's significant that this is the day that Jesus came alive on the day of first fruits, resurrected from the dead. Paul clearly states Jesus is the first fruit offering for us. Jesus is the first fruit offering. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through one man, Adam, the resurrection of the dead also comes through one man, Jesus. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ we are all made alive, but each in turn, Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. The sin of Adam and Eve has impacted all of us and brings the consequences of death. However, the resurrection, the coming alive again of Jesus provides the way for us to access an eternal spiritual life and a right relationship with God. Jesus, the first fruit, raised from the dead, the first of God's harvest for all of us, representing each one of us who will be raised anew in eternal life. The resurrected Jesus gives us eternal life. Jesus said to Martha in John chapter 11, I am the resurrection and the life. The one or anyone who believes in me will live even though they die. The resurrection from Jesus confirms his claims to be the son of God and the one who forgives our sin. Jesus has the power over sin and death. And while we might physically die at some point, sadly that happens, one day, it will, but Jesus offers us an incredible gift of eternal spiritual life for our soul, that we can be forever at peace with God. Amen. Romans 8 says, And the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He raised Christ from the dead, who will also give life to your mortal bodies, your physical bodies. You see, we have a physical body that we can see. But we also have a spiritual part of us that is invisible. 
It's our soul. It's who we really are. And that's the part that gets to live with Jesus forever when we choose to love and follow him. Because Jesus is the first fruit offering on our behalf, we can be accepted by God. The perfect offering was given for us. Jesus represents us to God and on our behalf so that we can be accepted. We can be holy. We can be accepted by a holy God and be in a right relationship with him. Not because of what we've done, but because what Jesus has done for us. We are included into God's holy family through Jesus. This means that we can have eternal life. And we can have a different kind of resurrection life even now. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And he has, he has people for you to love. He has people for you to walk beside in this journey of life. Just as we saw in that Samaritan's Purse video, you know, it's an incredible message that is not to be kept for ourselves, but it is to be shared. Jesus wants us to have a victorious life, to have victory over sin and death, something to be celebrated, something to be lived out and something to be enjoyed every day. We can live a resurrection life, a new life now, not just in eternity. And I've experienced that in my life. I've had times where I have felt very alone, um, times where I've felt broken and lost unloved, but God has been there and God has provided a way for me to understand who he is and his love for me. He's resurrected me and brought life back into my days, enabled me to see things differently, living a life with God and for God, not just in my own selfish and sinful ways, to be more fully alive. I'm not perfect, but I know God's grace. John 10.10 reminds us that Satan prowls around like a roaring lion looking for people, families, your mental health, your self-worth. He's looking to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus, Jesus has come to give us life and life to the full. We need to remember that. But we also need to remind Satan of that, that he has no hold on us. Because knowing Jesus changes our lives. Our response to this knowledge of Jesus is not to hide it from those around us or keep it for ourselves, but to share it. To live a resurrection life is to consecrate ourselves. Remember, it means to be set apart, not to be the same as everybody else around us and to blend in. Romans 12 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is our true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. 
to know what is right and to do it, not just to follow the world around us, but to be set apart. In the Message Bible, Eugene Peterson writes it like this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you, take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. Put Him first. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognise what He wants you to do and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings out the best in you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Eugene Peterson actually wrote a book called Living the Resurrection. And at his funeral, his son Eric read these words from the book. Resurrection does not have to do exclusively with what happens after we are buried or cremated. It does have to do with that. But first of all, it has to do with the way we live right now. We practice our death by giving up our will to live on our own terms. Only in that relinquishment, that renunciation, are we able to practice resurrection. To live life to the full, God's way, the way that he intended is to live a resurrection life. It means dying to our own sinful ways and allowing God to transform us. I'm actually going to ask Olivia to come up on the stage and help us here. Now, she's wearing a big black coat, which can be a bit hazardous, so well done coming up those steps. Um, And this black coat reminds us of our sin. The Feast of Unleavened Bread helps us to remember the death and burial of Jesus. So let's take off this coat. Can you take it off? Removing the coat is like taking off our sin and putting it down. Thank you very much. Separating ourselves from the ways of the world, taking off our sin and putting it down, our sinful ways of thinking. Ephesians 4 says, put off the old self and the ways of sin. Now, we can also pick up something. You're right. So the white coat reminds us of putting on this resurrection life with Jesus, his forgiveness, his righteousness, putting on a new self, being holy and filled with the Holy Spirit. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, if anybody is in Christ, he is a new creation. The new has come, the old has gone. We've said Goodbye to the old and hello to the new. You can keep that on as you walk off. You can take it with you. You're right. Awesome. Thank you very much. We can be in a right relationship with God, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done, dead to sin and alive to Christ. We can have peace with God and God's peace in us as we live a right relationship with him, a resurrection life. Can I ask you all to please stand to your feet as I invite the musicians back onto the stage. And perhaps today you've realised again, or maybe for the first time, 
that you've not given God your first and your best. Maybe you know that you have been holding back and living with sin and this message of the resurrected Jesus, God's first and his best given for you, has reminded you that you need to be right with God. You understand that Jesus died for you. Like that sacrificial lamb, the Passover lamb, he gave his life for you. And it's time to ask Jesus to forgive you for your sin. You know that he is the powerful son of God who rose from the dead to bring you that free gift of eternal life. And today is the day that you wanna say yes. Yes to Jesus. Yes, you will accept his gift of forgiveness. Yes, you will live a new life with him. And yes, one day spend eternity with him. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your offering gift on our behalf, your life given for us. We praise you for the power over sin and death that you display. Thank you for your resurrection. And we ask you to forgive us for our sin and help us to live a resurrection life both now and for eternity. Amen. You know, if you've made that decision today and and it might be the first time or the first time in a long time and you want to talk with somebody about it, one of our leadership team would love to celebrate with you and journey with you. And at the information point, we've got some more information for you so you can make your way there afterwards as well. Let's praise our resurrected King. He is so mighty and so good. So let's sing to Him. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.